so before I share something, I'd like to share a thought on sharing that I heard from Rabbi Nehemiah Vogel, who's the Rebbe Shliach in Rochester, New York, and a dear friend to me, a member of the Chabad on Campus Vad, who told me that before you speak publicly and before you go into an appointment, in order to be able to ensure that it's not you who does the talking, but the Ebishter through the Rebbe's Koychus that are found in you, you say a Pasik, and the Pasik is the Pasik that we say before Shemayna Esrei, to open up your mouth and that the, the, your lips should say his praises. And then whatever emerges is the right thing, because therefore you've surrendered, so to speak, your ability to be able to make it so whereby it's the right thing to the Ebishter. He never makes a mistake and he always has the right thing. So in this half hour, I'd like to share with you, firstly, as it's been spoken about tonight, the entire the, the, tonight, today, this morning, the one mitzvah campaign and how important and how powerful that is. So there's a, a letter that the previous Rebbe wrote to our Rebbe in the 30s when the Rebbe was yet living in Berlin. And the letter is about miracles. And there's an anecdote that the previous Rebbe shared with the Rebbe, I shouldn't say anecdote, a story about a Jew whose name was Rebbe Leib. And this Rebbe Leib was a chassid of the, during the times of the Alter Rebbe for the purpose of ensuring that everyone here knows what we're talking about chronologically. The Alter Rebbe was born in Shnas Kahas, which is 1745. And he lived until 1812. The Alter Rebbe, the author of the Tanya and the Shulchan Aruch, the founder of Chabad. So the Alter Rebbe had this chassid Rebbe Leib whom he had appointed to be the mashpia in this region someplace that is referred to there as Turkish Mohilev, whatever that is. I think that's part of Belarus today. And he had young men with whom he would speak and fabreng and teach and community that he would that he would guide and lead, families he would guide and lead. And there were others there that were also part of the Jewish community. And Ablaib was the leader of the Chabad portion, the Chabad segment of the community. And there was a young person there that became closer to Ablaib and became closer to Chabad and the teachings of Chabad. And he became one who lived according to the way that the Alter Rebbe, the author of the Tanya, instructed his chassidim to live. He would daven at length and he would participate in the various uh, campaigns that would then be that would then be launched based upon the Alter Rebbe's desire to, to share chassidus and to spread the teachings of chassidus. And he had friends who were chassidim of great rebbes of other groups. And they would talk and during those times one of the things that a Rebbe, a Chassidic Rebbe, was known for was to be a Balmoifis, to be a miracle worker. So these other fellows would say to this young man, whose name we do not know, or at least it's not known to me, they would say to him, they would say to him that your Rebbe is a great, great Gon, a great, great scholar. He's a wonderful, great scholar in every area and every discipline of Torah. But if you need a miracle, you have to come to our Rebbe. So this was, what, this was something that bothered this young man. It bothered him. And it's unclear to me what it is exactly that bothered him. It either bothered him because he felt that maybe they're right or because he felt that maybe it's some indicator of something that he felt that is not present in his Rebbe, whom he, as a chassid, and it's the truth, not just as a chassid, it's the truth. A Rebbe is a Muslim. A Rebbe is complete. But he didn't say anything to the blade. He decided he's not going to say anything to the blade, but it bothered him tremendously. Now, Rebbe would send a duch. A duch is a din v'cheshben, an accounting. An accounting that he would send to his Rebbe, to the Alter Rebbe, about his work that he was doing. And it's a very important akuda, since we're on the subject, to write a duch, to write an akuda, to write a, an accounting, and send it to the Rebbe. 
however it is that you, that you are preferring to send, you can send it to the Rebbe's oil. There's an office there. Those who don't know, there's oil.chabad.org, an email address. You can send and it'll get placed into the Rebbe's oil without anybody reading it if you put confidential into the subject line. And the duch is important for the purpose of keeping the Rebbe informed and for the sake of accountability and for the sake of your own awareness of what you're achieving. So this Rebbe would send the duch, he would send a list of the people with whom he had had anything to do. And he had mentioned this person's name, but he didn't have any idea that this person, this young man was suffering from this issue, from this sense of uh, some sort of feeling of pain. Then in those times, mail wasn't like it is today. Oftentimes letters were best transported by people that were traveling in that direction whom you knew, and then they would go ahead and they would bring it. So there was a Shadar, a traveling shliach, who was traveling from the Alter Rebbe on his way to Eretz Yisrael. And on his way to the land of Israel, he stopped off by this Rebbe, and he had an answer that the Alter Rebbe had given to the Duch that the Rebbe had sent. And this young person's name was on the Duch, or maybe who knows if it was or it wasn't, but the Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe had written about him as follows. And if you look it up, it's printed in Hatamim, it's printed as well in, I believe, in the Friedrich Rebbe's letters. I think that the, the language there is that the Alter Rebbe instructed the Rebbe, Roy which means it's appropriate to bring him close. We need to relieve his pain. For him, it'll be a sign, and for others, it'll be a miracle. So, Medindike answer. That seems quite, that's clearly understood. He's in pain. We have to help him. We have to remove his pain. For this chasid, it'll be a sign, it'll be an indicator. It'll be an indicator of my relationship with him. The Alter Rebbe says to the blade to tell this young man that this is an indicator that I am thinking of you, I know of your pain, and I know that you are needing my attention. And for you, it's a sign of my relationship with you, of my love for you. And this is something that we know, that this is the way the Rebbeim are. The Chuta Matavich, the connector between the Rebbe and the Chassid is, the, is, is, is love. So this Chassid needed to feel this sense of closeness. And for him, it was a sign that the Alter Rebbe and him are connected. And for anyone else that's there, it will be a moifist. They'll say, oh, give a cook, a moifist. Alter Rebbe, how did he know? How did he know? Who told him? Ah, it's a moifist. It's a miracle. So I think it's very clear here that a person chooses what type of a relationship they want to have with the Rebbe. They want to have a relationship with Ois or moifist. It's gishmak to have a moifist. Surely it's gishmak to have a moifist. No question. But then it's all about, you know, the latest... Uh, What's on the show next? When it's an ice relationship, it takes a lot more effort. And indeed, this young man had to endure some pain to be able to experience the ice. And that's something that is very difficult to also swell to, to say that that's the way to be. So how do you manage? How do you manage? So I think about the story a lot. And the reason is because, as I've just now mentioned, it seems like as if it's all about the young man. Is it ice or is it moifus? What am I here? But there's a third option. There's a third option that we can learn from this story that to me is so clearly powerful and truly the way, which is, I would love to be the young guy in the story. Of course, Dr. Rebbe to say to me, you're my man, but think about really the blade for a minute. Wouldn't it be the best to be one who emulates the blade, the one that is of service to the Jewish people, the one who the Alter Rebbe entrusts with entrusted with the role of being a, per a person who's guiding others and the one who's dedicated to that to the point where he's ready to travel to this place that's far away 
I'm not sure where he's from. It doesn't say where he was from in the letter that I read. And he's there out in this place, probably coming there without anybody knowing him or knowing of him or knowing what he was trying to achieve. It was the first generation of Chabad. He was there. It was truly, it was, a, it was brand new. And this Yid, Reblaid, is the person whom the Alter Rebbe gave the instructions to go be Makad of this young man. So the Rebbe, in my little story of understanding, seems to want us to emulate Reblaid, to find a way to be able to be the person who's of service to others. And of course, Reblaid surely also had all the various Kiruvim that he needed, also had all the various ways of being able to ensure that he felt connected the Alter Rebbe. But the Chassid, who's of service to the Jewish people through his relationship with the Rebbe, through the Koychus that he has from the Rebbe, through the role that he feels as a Panim, and I say Chassid specifically because it has nothing to do with whether or not you are considered to be a Shliach based upon the, 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 the definition of Shliach today, or if you feel that your role is a Chassid, it's the role for, the, for everyone, it's the role for everyone. Everyone has the opportunity to be like this Rebbe, to be trusted by the Rebbe, to be given the role to be able to guide and, 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 and steward young people or middle-aged people or old people. As I get older, it seems that youth gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Towards being one who has a real relationship with the Ebishter by being a chassid of the Rebbe. But I have to share in the few minutes that's remaining, it's actually not so few, it was 15 few thoughts about this, about this effort, because it does take work. It does take work and it's an ongoing work. It's not an easy work. And it's one that everyone seems to, uh, as you succeed, you have to succeed even more. You know, there's a, we, we speak about going out of the comfort zone. So the comfort zone is a place that you feel comfortable. So when you go out of the comfort zone, what happens next? The comfort zone expands. So whatever it was that was achieved now to go beyond that requires a further step out of the comfort zone. And every one of us knows what that comfort zone is because there's always opportunity. Everywhere you go, there's opportunity. When you walk down the street and you see someone whom you know or you don't know, sometimes in some places, there's so many people that when you see another Jew, you don't even say Shalom Aleichem or even not to them or say good Shabbos or good morning. And that's out of the comfort zone for some. For others, it's to pick up the phone and make a phone call and ask someone, hey, how you doing? What's machst or ask someone to join you in some good thing and some good effort. But the, clearly, clearly the, the role of a chassid today is to break through, to break through that, that sort of divider. And the benefit of being of service, the reward for being of service is the opportunity to be able to be of service again, right? My very dear friend and mentor, and my father's very dear friend, Rabbi Moshe Yudhikovarsky, would say that if the Rebbe, he says, if the Rebbe, how do you know if you succeed? If the Rebbe gives you another chance to do something else further after that, that means you succeeded in what you did before. So the greatest opportunity, the greatest opportunity to be of service is the opportunity itself to be of service. But it's not something that comes easily and oftentimes requires some measure of set aside, personal preference set aside. So there's a beautiful story that I've told many times and every mashpia that has ever tried to influence people in their, in their way of thinking has told it and it's been published numerous times. I'll tell it very briefly that I've told the story of a chassid that was going home from a fabrengen in Russia. And he was feeling a certain sort of way where he didn't feel limitations. 
and he didn't feel that he has to be careful how he conducts himself. He can be free, he can be open. He's going in the street, and it's as a chassid is after Habrengen, and a Russian policeman hears this commotion of this Jew, and he asks, who goes there in Russian? He goes, Toydot, who goes there? Who's there? So this chassid, without thinking, without answering, without sort of thinking what's he going to answer, he's speaking to the farshtayr of the Tsar, he's speaking to the representative of the Tsar at night in many cities, the police that's on the beat, the cop that's on the beat, he is the law. He says, Bittlegate, Bittle is going. Bittle means surrender, one who sets aside his personal preference. And now he is surrendered to the Ebishter, surrendered to God Almighty in a way that's no longer about him and his koyach, his ability, what he can do, what he can't do, what he can achieve, what he can't achieve. It's about his being a conduit, the strength and the energy that the Ebishter Almighty God sends to him. As a chassid, we know that everything that we have, the Rebbe himself wrote this in a letter shortly after Yud Shvat, Tav Shin Yud, 1950. I believe it was on Gimel Tamas, Tav Shin Yud Aleph. I think it was Tav Shin Yud, I can't recall. That everything that we have, Gashmi and Ruchi, all things that we have, physically, materially, spiritually, everything that we have, comes from and through the Rebbe. So in order to be able to set aside, one has to set aside. One has to be able to set aside one's koyach, one's personal preference, rather, to be able to be meriting, to receive the koyach that comes through being a chassid, through being a chassid of the, of the Rebbe, that then gives us the ability to be able to truly capture and harness the strength of the Ebishter. So the Biyoyal Khan, whom we all have a debt of gratitude to, Biyoyal Khan was the chief redactor of the Rebbe's talks, and much of what we study today is because of his work that he was able to help us have it in such a format. The Bureau Khan would tell this story and he would say, he would add that the story is a beautiful story, but there's another piece of the story, which is that there was another guy there. And after this chassid made this very well-known answer, he said to him, also not. What does that mean, also not? Because when a person says, I am bottle, you know who I am, <laughs> I'm bottle then he's already given himself some status that's not bottom. So if a chassid seeks to be of service to the Jewish people by being a chassid to the Rebbe and thereby be able to capture the koyach of the Ebishter, he seeks to do so in a way where he surrenders his own preference to the point where he doesn't even recognize his being one who surrenders his own preference. It's an avoidant, it's an avoidant, it's an avoidant. But you know what, I'll tell you this, you don't have to be meaning it sincerely to be able to do it. One of the things that we learned from the Alter Rebbe and Tanya is that uh, what matters the most is how we experience life. Thought, speech, and deed. The Gimel Abushim, right? The three garments of the soul. What we think, what we say, and what we do. If we're truly, truly sincere to the depths of our souls, is a great thing to be. But not everyone can be truly so sincere. But everybody could be able to manage to at some level control their thought, their speech, and their deed. So sometimes if you have an opportunity to be of service and it seems like it's not such an easy thing to do, put yourself into that situation. Pick up the phone and make the call. Walk through the door. Say hello to the person. Open the conversation. Ask them if they want to do something. Ask them if they want to put on fulfilling. The moment you engage, the comfort zone expands and then it's no longer out of your comfort zone. It's no longer out of your comfort zone. And even though maybe in truth within you is a certain sense of uh, trepidation, but thought, speech, and deed have been harnessed for the purpose of being of service to the Jewish people. 
That's what matters. That's what matters. That's what matters. So since it's these times, coming from Chavches Nisan to Gimel to Bezier, well, the Rebbe Rashad, the Rebbe Marash's, the Rebbe Marash's birthday, the Rebbe Marash, the Rebbe Marash's birthday is Bezier coming up. So the idea of out of the comfort zone, I think, is very aligned with these sorts of with, the, with these times. <clears throat> and uh, I'll, I'll share this with you. I'll share this with you in these last few minutes. That sometimes people that go out of their comfort zone don't know it, and others that see them are impressed, and it makes a difference. And the Rebbe told the story of a Bostonian. Now, Boston is a city in Massachusetts. I was born and raised in a place called Worcester, Massachusetts, not too far from Boston. And uh, people in Boston are fans of the Red Sox, but that's not Miguel to this Fabrengen. But anyway, the point of the matter is, is that there was a Bostonian that was walking in the street and he looked like a chassidah shayid, chassidah shubacher. He had a beautiful beard, payas, tzitzis. So someone that was there, a Bostonian, a shopkeeper, saw this yeshiva bacher. So he asks the guy, he says, from from Poland, from Galicia, from Ukraine, from Where's the Jew from? From Poland, from Galicia, from Ukraine. So the fellow answered him with a very clean American Massachusetts accent. He said to him, I'm a Bostonian. So this fellow was so impressed that here it is, a Jew that looks like this, that he's from Boston. Says that ever when he told the story that likely the next person that came to this guy for a, for, for a donation got a bigger donation. But the word is, is that this fellow, this Bostonian comfort zone had expanded to the point where he didn't even realize that what he was doing was out of the comfort zone. He was so accustomed to it. He was walking down the street. He was doing his thing. He was doing his thing. So when we put ourselves into the work. Certain things happen that we don't even know. And the Rebbe, when he told the story, said this Bostonian guy doesn't even know till today what he's achieved with this fellow that he had somehow so, so impressed with his ability to be able to, with his ability to be able to, to achieve this. So I'll share this with you in the last six minutes of this presentation. I'll share with you, I'll share with you hopefully three small points, not small in stature and in meaning, but small in time that I think about during these days between Chavches and Beis. And the Rebbe told the story of the Chavetz Chaim. Chavetz Chaim's name was Yisrael Meir Akoyin Kagan. And uh, of course, we're, we're all aware of his being, the Chavetz Chaim is because of his work, his book, which he had written amongst others for him, Shtabruda, et cetera. Chavetz Chaim passed away, I think, in 1933. He was already 90 plus years old. <clears throat> so there was a situation whereby there was an effort to try to undermine Jewish life by changing certain rituals, making them, so to speak, illegal at the time. Chavetz Chaim lived in Radin, which is, uh, today it's in Belarus, then it was part of Russia, presumably. So there was a delegation that had gone to try to speak to a minister to try to change the situation somehow. And on the way back, they stopped in Radin, and they gave a report to the Chavetz Chaim that they did not succeed, and they gave really good reasons why they didn't succeed. Legitimate reasons. So the Rebbe told the story. And the Rebbe told the story, they, the Chavetz Chaim looked at them, and he said to them, he said, did you chalish? Did you faint? Did one of you faint when you spoke to him? If the thing, if the matter would have really been important to you, you would have fainted when you spoke to him. And when the Rebbe spoke these words, he said it with a lot of emotion. And I heard the recording so many times. The Rebbe said, 
That's the comfort zone that we have to break through. The breakthrough comfort zone means it has to matter to us. And when it matters to us, then we're able to be, indeed, the Rebbe's chassid, the Rebbe's, the Rebbe's servant, the way that the Rebbe can make use of us. And truly so, like Rebbe Leib, like so many others over the course of these last hundreds of years, for all of the seven Rabbein, and during these times, for our beloved Rebbe, so many thousands of Yidin, our Shluchim, and Chesidosh Yimbelait, Chesidosh Yimishpaches, and Chesidosh women that are, taking, that are seeking to be of service to others. And mean it so, whereby Itake is meaningful to them. Baruch Hashem, nobody should chalish, but should mean it in such an way where they feel that way. Then I'd like to share with you this, and that is that our family, Isaiah was Yechid and Gordon. So there's a letter that was sent to him by the previous Rebbe's Maskir, as well as a member of the Anholo his name was Rechaskel Fagan, Rechacha Fagan. He was killed al Kiddush Hashem by the Nazis in Shalom. So Rechaskel Fagan wrote a letter to Isaiah, in which he said to him, he said, Yochanan, Write to the, to the Rebbe, to the Friedrich Rebbe. Tell him about what's going on in your family. And then he said, do you remember the situation, the scene that we both witnessed when we were together by the Fabrengen, by the court of the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Lubavitch Rebbe? And there was a chassid there who was aroused. He was in a state of astraxis. He was emotional. He was awakened. He wanted to become better. And he said to the Rebbe Rashab, to the fifth Lubavitch Rebbe, he said to him, Rebbe, he said, he said, have me in mind, which is really the very smart thing to do. You want the Rebbe to think about you. Who doesn't want that? And the Rebbe Rashab answered him, how to do me in heartsly, which means have, you should have me in your heart. You should have me in your heart, which means that there's nothing wrong with asking the Rebbe to have you in mind. But what does the Rebbe seek? The Rebbe seeks that you should have him in your heart. Having him in your heart means it's an emotional relationship. It's permeating. It's not only intellectual. It's not only what makes sense. It's beyond what makes sense. It's in a way where by now, it's not just about how I can make this work for me, my preference. It's about what's right and what needs to be done. It's about being out of the comfort zone. And to conclude with a, a, a line that I heard from Rabbi Herschel Fogelman, Rabbi Shliach to Worcester, Massachusetts, where my father was a Shliach as well for many years and where I was born. Rabbi Fogelman, after Chavzayin Oder, so my friend Mati, Rabbi Fogelman's son and I, we called up Rabbi Fogelman and we said to him, Rabbi Fogelman, what's going to be? What's going to be now? And he said, Less thinking and more deed, more action. Less talk and more deed, more action. And that's the answer. And that's the word. And with that, we're going to be able to make sure that Mashiach comes and we'll be ready to be Makabal Play Mashiach Kenu, Kodim Mamish. And he come immediately now, without even a moment, like the Rebbe would say, it shouldn't be delayed the amount that it takes to blink an eye.